Welcome to episode 19 of Drew's College Athletes Spotlight here on this Tuesday night. And look who we have here. We have Clay Taylor, a freshman at Un- the University of Wisconsin, Green Bay, a cross-country athlete there at the, the Division One level. Clay, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing I'm doing great, Drew. I'm I'm really, really excited to be able to talk about my experience so far here in Phoenix Country. Yeah, and my, my intro is kind of lame, not gonna lie. I didn't include the former, right? I mean the Bucks believer, right? I can't include <laughs> I, I cannot forget that part. And also, you know, how many times you've been on this podcast, right? I mean, you've been on here, what is this, time number five, six? I mean, you've been a guest on here more than once to say the least. So, you know, it's great to have you back here to talk about your collegiate career. So, and as you said, Phoenix country is what we're going to be talking about here with you, Clay Taylor. But first, before we talk about you with the green Bay Phoenix, we got to go back to Valders. Yeah. You heard me. We're going back to Valders and we're going to talk first about, you know, when did you start running cross country and kind of start from there? So I started cross country in fifth grade. We ran like the pacer test in elementary school and my gym teacher told me to try out cross country and I kind of knew that football was never going to be for me. So I gave it a shot and wound up really falling in love with it. There you go. From day one there in fifth grade, I guess, um, done kind of track. Are you going to be doing track? I guess I hear at the collegiate level. I just want to verify here. So we don't have a track team, but we can enter, um, meets, as an unattached runner. So I think I'll probably run a few races, but track was never really my favorite. I always liked cross country a whole lot more. So I'm mostly focused on the fall season. The fall season, long distance. Awesome. Great to hear clay. Sorry. Fifth grade, you start. So then going through that, you had eight years of running basically at the middle school, high school level combined. And with that, I want to know, I mean, I've had a lot of cross-country runners on the show, as you know. Was there a course that stood out? I can tell you the one that I always hear after you tell me yours. My personal favorite course was always the the Manitowoc course. Yep, at that's Adeline the one I hear. Course. I yeah, hear that one I, every time. I loved that course. I PR or I ran my season record there three of the four years and the fourth year was the COVID year. So the invite got canceled. So I just really enjoyed running that course. It was really similar to the state course, which obviously also holds a very dear place in my heart. But yeah, Manitowoc was always kind of our pre-state where we got an idea of where we were at going against some tough competition. So that's always what was my favorite. Yeah, I always thought of it and I wasn't even in cross cross country. As you know, I thought of it always as, you know, if you want a PR, you go run a Mantwalk and that's kind of what happens, right? I mean, that, that time and time again is something you'll see. And also, of course, you'll see the state PRs as well. So I guess then with, with cross country, kind of your middle school, high school, you know, working that aspect, like training wise, I mean, how much were you running a week where you're just going doing practices? And I guess, how did that change from middle school to high school? So in middle school, In the summer, I'd probably run like two or three times per week, just very low mileage. Uh, It was just kind of enough to get myself in a position where I was actually running so that when the season came along, I'd be able to handle practices and be able to work out with the other top guys on the middle school team. 
because I've always been pretty competitive with my teammates and I've always wanted to stick up there with whoever the best guy on the team was. So in middle school, I was willing to work just enough to get to that point. But then in high school, I started to get a real training plan, usually from one of the upperclassmen on the team, usually Nate Griepenschrag. And he would kind of lay out what the plan was for the week and tell me how many miles to run. So it was usually like a peak of 50 miles per week in the summer and then about like 35 to 40 miles per week during the season. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of miles. I'm sorry. It's just always, you know, hearing it from a cross country runner, it's just like, oh, that's a lot. But I want to talk kind of, you know, you because you played basketball, right? I mean, you were you playing basketball from fifth grade to sophomore year, correct? It was like, I think third grade until freshman year. Okay. But kind of got yeah. the range. <laughs> Okay, Pretty close. but but what, what my question really stems through stems about it's it's regarding right having that winter then to focus on cross country. Did you notice that as something that really helped you out right from not having basketball to? I would say so. It was probably the most impactful for me my sophomore year, which was the first year I didn't play basketball. That winter, I really worked really hard, and I was working my way up to like 55, 60 mile, mile weeks, which was not something I had ever done in the past. So uh, that winter was really good for me, but then the season got canceled because of COVID, and the next two winters, I wound up like having a little bit of like problems with motivation and stuff. So I was hitting more like 40 mile per hour or mile weeks, which is still like solid mileage. And it put me in a good position when track season rolled around, but it wasn't quite the base that I had my sophomore year, but there's no way I would have been able to do that if I would have been playing basketball, both just because of time reasons and also injury concerns. Like it would yeah. be very hard to stay healthy while you're running for, you know, 300 minutes per week and also playing basketball for more than that. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely would say that dropping out of basketball in high school um, helped me with my winter training. Plus, you had a student section to lead, right? I mean, it's here. You had, you had a banana That's right. that you had to wear as well. But I, I want to talk. So you said, right, you were running 40 to 50 miles a week. And then you said even sophomore, right, 60 miles at some weeks, you would say? Uh, yeah. Yeah. That was so kind of I guess injury wise from there, I guess like durability wise, where you're dealing with like shin splints or any 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 injury concerns like that. I mean, that's a pretty good volume. I'm not gonna on wood right now, but I've never been injury prone. The only injury I've ever really struggled with is like patellar tendonitis, I think it's called. Okay. I had that my freshman year, and then I had it a little bit earlier this season, but I've pretty much just been able to work through that with some like awesome. stretches that I learned and like exercises to strengthen up your hips. And so, yeah, I've, I've been pretty lucky on the injury front. So hopefully things can stay that way for, you know, the next four years and beyond because running something that you want to do forever, you know? Yeah. When, when you're a runner, they say once a runner, always a runner. Right. So, you know, that's right. Like marathons and stuff long term. I'm sure we'll get those out of you clay, but I wanted to talk, you know, the pandemic. So this is a topic that when I, when I ask athletes, it's it's a mixed bag. I mean, you'll have, I'll have some tell me the pandemic was the best thing that could have happened for them in terms of athletic ability, right? It was something where it gave them time, obviously, right? I'm talking from the athletic perspective. And then I've had other athletes tell me the pandemic, it, it no motivation, you know, it just took me out of my rhythm. Like, how would you say the pandemic, like, did it help you? Did it hurt you in that aspect? I'd say that 
it was probably somewhere in between. Like I was definitely able to grind and focus on getting into really good shape more than I could if regular in-person school was going on. But it was also just so tough to like miss out on my sophomore track season. We had a really strong senior group that year. And I think that our four by eight team would have been right there challenging any other team in the state. So to lose out on that opportunity was just such a bummer. But at the same time, it made it that much more motivating for my junior and season senior track seasons, as well as my junior and senior cross country seasons. And so, you know, it's a mixed bag, but I'd say that in the end, everything worked out okay. So I can't complain too much about it. Yeah. And obviously, right. Nobody wanted the pandemic to happen, but I always say like, you know, was it a, was there some blessings in disguise that happened because of it? Maybe there's something people learned or were able to take advantage of. And certainly the free time there was something runners. And it sounds like you were able to capitalize on that as well to maybe get some mileage in that you wouldn't have gotten in. So that's something to keep in mind there. So we heard your training program, Clay. But we got to hear now, I, I make this a little tough here before we uh, move more to the college side. Um, I'm going to ask you about if there's any teammates. I'll give you two teammates to shout out only. I know it's tough. I'll give you two to- two coaches as well. So the obvious teammate is Shane Griepingtrock, who uh, was one state last year for cross country. And then in track, he won the mile and the two mile. And so just to have a teammate who is the best guy in the state is something that not many people are fortunate enough to have. And as someone who wanted to reach that kind of level, it was just really ideal to have a visualization of what it took in order to get that good. And also to have someone to motivate you and push you that much harder. Plus Shane is like, the nicest human being I've ever met and the most humble person I've ever met. So to have someone like that as your teammate is definitely, it was definitely spoiling me. And like, you can ask my college teammates. Now I still talk about Shane a lot, probably more than I should. They give me a hard time about it, but he's just incredible. And then I would also have to shout out his brother, Nate, the group and Shrog family definitely made an impact on me during my time in high school. Nate was our team leader my freshman and sophomore years. He kind of taught me what it took to be a leader in that way. And he was also a very strong runner who always put his heart into it. And that was something that was really inspiring because he definitely doesn't have like the natural talent for cross country that I do. He'll kick my butt on the track any day of the week, but It was so cool to see someone like him who is more gifted in the short distance stuff, just working as hard as he possibly can to crank out a 5K. And eventually he wound up being the number two guy on a state championship team. So Nate and Shane were definitely my two like most outstanding teammates in high school. But like you said, it's hard to pick two because there were so many outstanding ones. And as someone who was fortunate enough to be on the teams that I was on, I feel like I was even more lucky than most high school athletes. And then with coaches, I would have to shout out Coach uh, Dietrich, who is our head cross-country coach. He's one of the most motivational people I've ever met. He will always uh, get the most out of his athletes. Like even this year, our team lost a lot from last year, but 
over the course of the season, they have improved so much and I'm so proud of those boys. But I also know that part of it is just Coach D getting the most out of them. And then also Coach Oswald, who is an assistant coach for cross country and the head distance coach for track. Um, she is a incredible person as well. Uh, we called her Mama Bear because she was kind of like a big mother to everyone on the track team. And she took really good care of us. She also came up with some really good workouts and I give her training plan a lot of credit for our track distance athletes always peaking at the right time of the season. I think that every time somebody ran at the state meet while I was in high school from the distance team, they PR'd. So she's got an unbeaten record when it comes to coaxing PRs out of people. So, yeah, I will I will swear by her training plan any day of the week. So, yeah, I guess that was you, that was a lot, but that was, there were a lot of people I was really thankful for in high school. Let's dissect that, right? Thank you. You mentioned all four people. So, with I mean with the Graven Trogs last year, actually, we ran a cross country special on this very own podcast, and I had you on talking. Right. I mean, I actually asked you a question, you know, what, what does it mean to have Shane Gripetrog as a, as a teammate? I asked then Shane, what does it mean to have Clay Taylor as a teammate? You both said the same thing. It was awesome. And that's kind of goes back to what, what you had to say about Shane as well. You know, just great teammates, great motivators for each other as well. And that's something just reflected in the results. So it was, oh, it's good to see that. And then of course, Nate leading the way during your underclassmen years as well. But then you mentioned, of course, the coaches, you picked the two I thought you'd pick as, you know, should be the ones, Coach Dietrich and, of course, Coach Oswald as well. So, but I got one more question here for high school, and then we'll kind of talk some recruiting. We'll kind of talk about how you end up in Green Bay. So, the question goes like this. Do, do you ever, Did you ever have that moment that you're like, hey, I can I can do this at the next level. I can do this at the collegiate level. Um, Not exactly. I, I guess we'll kind of get into this a little yeah. more after I answer this question, but I didn't really think I was going to run in college for a very long time. Pretty much my whole career, I didn't think I was going to run in college. So that was kind of a last minute decision. So I guess there were kind of times where I would realize that I beat someone and then they were now running in college and I would be like, oh, wow. I probably could do that, but it was never really something that interested me until the very last moment. So the recruiting process then, let's go to it. So what happens is, again, you you mentioned you weren't really exploring running in college, but I guess what colleges were you looking at then? So let's go on the academic side. What colleges were you looking at then kind of made this possible? So last summer, when I was kind of doing my college research stuff, Drew and I were co-workers at our high school. We were both janitors together. So he knows all this stuff already, but he's just going to make me repeat it. I was mostly looking at a lot of the Big Ten schools. Uh, I wanted to stay pretty close to home, but at that time, I thought that I wanted to go somewhere that had like prestigious academics. So I was looking a lot at Michigan, uh, you miss Michigan, Ann Arbor, uh, Madison, and also Minnesota Twin Cities. But I eventually would wind up changing my mind because I decided that I wanted to stay really close to home. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you mentioned, and also I thought Northwestern was it was thrown in there as yeah, well. I don't, yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. Um, but basically, Clay, again, you mentioned us working together. I had a feeling, I mean, I was telling people this, I had a feeling that you were going to be running. You know, at the collegiate level, I had a feeling you were just, it didn't sound like you were done. And I know you, I know you mentioned you thought you were going to be done. It didn't sound like it last summer, but 
So what happens then, right? I mean, you ended up exploring those options. You end up looking then. Did Green Bay, like what stood out with Green Bay then is what I'm wondering. Was it really the location or how did that work out? So I always kind of had Green Bay on my mind because it was the first Division One college that ever reached out to me. And so when I got the letter from them, I was like, this is so cool. I need to at least kind of pursue this because, I mean, a lot of kids grow up dreaming of being a Division One athlete. And even though I didn't really think I wanted to run, I still thought that it would be kind of cool just to get recruited and see what the whole process was like. So I wound up responding to the letter I got from the coaches. And right away, they were super interested. They uh, hopped on some Zoom meetings with me during my junior year. And we talked about what I could bring to the team and how um, just being a cross-country runner at Green Bay could help me pursue my life goals. And from there, I kind of started thinking about it a little bit. But for the most part, I was still thinking I didn't want to run in college. And then when the cross-country season rolled around for my senior year, a lot of the guys on the team came to a whole bunch of my meets. I think that they were at maybe four or five of them, and we run 10 meets in a year. So they came to almost half my meets, which is absolutely insane. And it showed me just how much they cared about their team and how much they cared about bringing new talent in and trying to make their team better. And so I kind of started to realize that I wasn't going to get that kind of care and attention from any of the other schools that I was looking at just because they're huge schools with a ton of students. And I was just going to be a number like people say sometimes. And then I was still not super sure that I wanted to run, but then I took my visit to green Bay last December. And as my mom always says, it was kind of a no brainer. After that, I completely did a 180, changed my mind about running in college, changed my mind about wanting to go out of state for college and decided that this was the place for me. A big part of that was the coaches. They are two of the most caring human beings I've ever met. Coach Klein is our head coach. And when he just walks around campus, he knows at least half of the people's names. And it's kind of mind blowing that he can walk past a janitor and say, Hey, did you get the job you, uh, you applied for? Because who knows the janitor applied for a new job. It's just so special, the connection that he makes with everyone he meets. And so that really stood out to me. And then they also had a professor come in and meet with me. And he talked to me for about an hour and a half, just about what it's like here and what kind of classes I could take that would challenge me. He kind of showed me that even though this isn't a prestige university, like a lot of the Big Ten schools are, you can still get a really great education. And so all those factors, along with just how great the guys on the team are, really persuaded me to kind of take a different direction than I thought I was going to. And I'd say that I couldn't be any happier. <laughs> I love the story, Clay, because I remember I was getting the exciting text messages from you of the tour. I exactly what you said, right? Complete 180 as described. You know, it was awesome to hear. And I saw the commitment photo and I went crazy. I'm pretty sure I, I posted it up on the podcast Instagram as well. I mean, it was it was some exciting stuff. I, I do want to ask though, was there any other schools who are reaching out like for cross country at at other levels? Can you list some of the schools that were interested? I don't know if I can list any of them off the top of my head. I think that there was just a couple 
schools that all three level like d1 d2 and d3 across the midwest that i just got letters from but a lot of them were very like formulaic it seemed like they were the kind of letters that they would send to like every about, kid yeah, that yep. ran this time so i never really responded to any of them so i wasn't really being recruited by any other schools the one other school that i did talk to a little bit was oshkosh just because the coach approached me one time and was a really nice guy so i kind of was talking to him for a little while but i kind of always had it in my head that i didn't wasn't really interested in going there so yeah, for the most part, it was either I was going to run at Green Bay or I was not going to run at all. Okay, Inter- like that's an interesting you know component because this this is usually you know usually right. I have athletes they can list like three or four schools they toured them right, and the path that you have is so unique, so great. That's why you know you got to be on this very podcast to talk all about it, right? But otherwise, okay, so there's the recruiting process. You end up in Green Bay. You're there at Green Bay. You mentioned how great the meeting was with the players, coaches, et cetera. As that's that's awesome, right? I mean, coach knowing a janitor, that's that's something you don't see every day, and especially a Division One university. So, I want to ask about you know how it's been so far. Basically, I mean, you've been at school now for was it six, seven weeks, eight weeks? I mean, how how has it gone so far these first eight weeks? How's the adjustment been from high school to college on the academic level? And then especially athletically, how's that gone? So college is definitely different from high school. I guess that's kind of a Captain Obvious statement, but it's kind of surprised me just how different it is, I guess. I was kind of shocked at first, and it took quite a bit for me to adjust. I was having a bit of a hard time the first couple of weeks, but eventually once I got into the swing of things and started to realize how you have to navigate through college. It started to help me out quite a bit. And I started to get comfortable in my classes. I started to figure out how I could get all of my workload done on time and how I could stay organized and how I could best manage my time. So I would say that now things are going much smoother than they were at first. I think I told you right away, like that I was you know, it was taking some time for me to get into it, but I feel like right now I'm, I'm in a pretty good place academically and athletically. It's been a bit of a grind. I uh, would say that I got off to kind of a strong start to the season and like all the training is kind of starting to take a toll on me, but I'm just trying to push through it. We've got our biggest meets of the year coming up. We have horizon leagues into in a week and a half now, I guess. Yep. So that's kind of where our focus is right now. So I'm just, hoping that I can keep running well for a couple more weeks and just make the most of my freshman season. Okay. I want to ask, you know, right away with the athletic aspect. So how have the races gone in terms of, you know, of course it being a longer race in college. How has that, how has that been? I mean, have, have... yeah, the AK is, is very, very hard. Yeah. I now have gone back to a couple high school meets And I envy those kids that get to race for 16 minutes, 17 minutes, 18 minutes, because running at your race pace for 26 minutes is really, really hard and it hurts really, really bad. So I would say I'm still learning how to race in 8K and I think it's hopefully not going to take any more time and hopefully conference can be a big breakthrough for me and I can really figure out how to get the most out of my body for an entire five miles. 
But I'd say that it's definitely been a struggle so far to kind of figure out how to maximize myself and race my best race when I'm running that longer distance. Yeah. And one of your teammates, right? Hunter Carpeline. I mean, I've talked with him about this, of course, on the podcast last year when he was at Milwaukee and, you know, he mentioned to me, like he, he ran it right. First, right, it was like first five, five K, right. You know, boom. Nice. And then he was like, Oh, there's more race, which I mean, he obviously knew it was more race, but like he ran it as if it was a high school race. And he said, that doesn't work in college, you know, say the least. So it's just, it's always good to hear. Right. I mean, how that adjustment period goes, I did want to ask also in the training a little bit here before we talk more about the season, the team, uh, how just with the training, you know, with strength training, has that been a component that has been implemented more here in college that you've had some adjusting to, or how's that gone? Yeah. Strength training is definitely a bigger part of what I'm doing now. Uh, you know, me, Drew, you know, that I did not go to the weight room in high school. It was not something that our coaches emphasized very much in cross country, a little bit more so in track, but generally we were not a team that was spending any time in the weight room. So now that I have a strength and conditioning coach that is, has us in there, you know, twice a week, sometimes three times a week, uh, lifting weights, it's, it's been an adjustment for me. I, I'm a little ashamed to say that I am lifting the least on the team by a pretty sizable margin. And, you know, some of the strong, very strong girls on our team are also lifting quite a bit more than me. But hopefully, you know, I can improve in that area a little bit more. And I will say the one area of the strength training and the stuff that the strength and conditioning coach has implemented that I am enjoying is that I found out that in high school I didn't eat enough. And I wasn't eating often enough. So I'm eating a lot more now. And that's very fun. And I'm very much enjoying that part. Yeah. The lifting heavy stuff part is not my favorite. So hopefully I can get better at that eventually. And that, that'll take time, right? I mean, you're a freshman. And, you know, like you mentioned, you if you weren't lifting as much, right? You know, that's going to take some time to build up here in at the college level. Let's go through then. So like your races and your roster. So um, schedule wise. Basically, so yeah, you mentioned the St. Norbert invite took place September 3rd. And then you, you of course, had the Phoenix Open on the 9th. The Joe Pien, is it the Notre Dame invite? That one you yep. were at. I, I remember, right? You saw you go over there. And then, of course, then you had the Bradley Pink Classic in Peoria. I guess out of those races, it did, did one stand out to you as your favorite? Was there one that you enjoyed? I guess, okay, I'm going to pick two and cheat a little bit. The one that I probably enjoyed the most was the first meet because it was a 6K and I didn't have to run as far. And that was also a meet where the competition was definitely a little bit more lackluster than it has been at our other races. So I actually was in a position where I was leading that race for about half of the 6K duration. So that was a lot of fun for me. And then eventually I wound up, you know, falling back to third place. But that was a really cool way to open up my college career. And then of the three 8Ks we've run, I'd say Bradley is my favorite so far, just because that course is basically three small loops that you do over and over again. And they are very close together and very condensed, and it makes it very easy for spectators to watch. So it is like the atmosphere at the state meet in high school. There's people lining the course for the entirety of the race and when you just hear the people you know and you're able to pick out their voices, it just helps you to move up 
And for me, that was especially important because I was in 265th place at the 2K. So I had a lot of work to do. <laughs> so just having all those fans out there supporting us really, really helped me, especially my dad always has been someone who makes me speed up. So when I heard him, uh, that, that definitely Gotta helped me out get it moving. quite a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And now the conference meet, as I got a, the schedule rounds out here, it's at Oakland and not Oakland in California, Oakland in Rochester, Michigan, Oakland University there. So that's October 20th. That's Saturday is that. And then the regionals are November 11th, and that is in Indianapolis. And then I don't, they don't have the championships. They don't have the location listed for that on the 19th of November. So that's, that's your schedule. We talked about cross country, you know, how usually you'll have more meets, right? And that's at the, the high school level, but then, Think about it. You're running an 8K, right? I mean, you're not going to have they – don't, they don't do a lot of meets for that very reason, right? They do the, the biweekly kind of schedule that they have going on. Or sometimes you guys had a three-week break between the Phoenix Open and the Notre Dame invite. Is that is that a usual kind of thing? I think usually it's two weeks, but since the first two meets were both home meets, they just fell on back-to-back weeks. So that's how it ended up working out. Okay. That makes sense. Just wanted to clarify that and – Awesome. So the roster we'll talk about then before we wrap up. So, you know, you have a good group of freshmen here. I'd say you have a kind of a younger group of that. At the same time, you have, you have some graduates, some seniors thrown in there. I guess, how would you describe the Green Bay men's cross country team? I'd say that uh, we're definitely a young team. We have some, some guys moving out and they are awesome leaders and a, you know, a big part of our team from uh like leadership aspect like i was saying but uh a lot of our top guys are uh underclassmen i think that our top four finishers are both sophomore or freshman eligibility right now so that is putting us in a position where we're going to be able to really train together as a group and grow as a group and hopefully allow our team to make big strides forward in the next couple of years. Like you were talking before, Hunter Kreplin is my teammate now, and he was kind of a rival-ish in high school. So it's really cool to have him as a teammate. And he was our top guy at the last meet. Uh, he ran a huge PR and, you know, surprised everyone and was absolutely terrific so he's kind of our leader right now i would say but we have a, a strong pack and then i'm also excited because two of our freshmen had season-ending injuries before they could even race so they're both redshirting and so we'll have even more reinforcements coming next year and hopefully we can add some more recruits so I'd say that the team's in a position where we're really going to be able to grow a lot over the next few seasons. And that really, really excites me because this group of guys is just terrific. I was telling you before that it reminds me of the state championship teams I was on in high school where everyone just loves running and they love being together and they love pushing each other. And it's just so much fun to be in that atmosphere again, like I was a few years ago. And I'm just so happy that I wound up here because if I would have been at any of those other colleges I was looking at, I would not have that team aspect there for me. So overall, I'm sure you can just tell from my, my rambling here, but I am just, I love this team. So thankful to be a part of it. And I think it's crazy that it's only been two months because I'm just psyched that I have so much more time in front of me. It's awesome. Yeah. You got years of eligibility ahead of you as well. And, yeah, I mean, we could tell from the start, many of us could tell that 
you loved your team from the start, and that was really before the season even got in full swing, too. So that's another great aspect as well, Clay. But I want to wish you here the best of luck academically and athletically, Clay. So again, thank you for coming on and you know, have a good have a good race, that last race of the year. And then you got all right, you guys now have the winter and spring, right? Because with track being kind of like an individual thing, we got a lot more training time allocated for that as well. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Drew. It, it was it was good to talk to you as always. And it's kind of fun to be getting interviewed instead of like it us being, you know, bouncing off of each other the way we were. Yeah, it's usually us talking about the, the NBA draft. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like like I'll be talking to you about my about draft prospects I like, which by the way, Alpern and Shangoon is on my team in Dynasty and Redraft this year. So I'm really looking forward to it. Also, Io Dosomu as well. So I just want to throw those in there. Those are the rookies <laughs> we were talking about a lot last summer. And then also I want to talk about how, what are the odds? NBA opening night is the night I have Clay Taylor on for an interview. Anyone? <laughs> Anyone? Yeah. Like talk about it. The Bucks believer, you know, doing his things again. And yeah, that will, that'll wrap it up here for Clay Taylor and myself, Drew Skybrick. So again, thank you, Clay here for coming on. Thanks, Drew. All right. Thank you, everybody, for all listening here to another episode of Drew's Sports Crew, Drew's College Athlete Spotlight here, the perfect podcast for you. Thank you, everybody, and good night.